Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Get ready, carbon-based units, as we embark on our ongoing mission to boldly go where we've gone before. But this time on the big screen, we talk about the movie that almost destroyed the franchise. It's Star Trek The Motion Picture on Normies Like Us. An alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet. Permission to come aboard? Science officer Spock, reporting as ordered, Captain. Kirk unit, disclose the information. You heard it up top. We're back here on Normies Like Us, boldly going where no man has gone before. Venturing in space, because star date it. Check it out. Get ready to hear us talk about the one, the only, the first of a lot, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, uh, Colin Bones Brooks. <laughs> Nice. I like the alliteration. I, I almost had a panic attack, but then I just got Mike Carusulu. Oh, that'll work. Uh, Admiral <laughs> Asta. Ooh. And this mm. is Jock. That's a mix of Jacob with Spock. Oh, Jock. Doc, Jock. Dr. Jock. Yes. Oh, okay. Lieutenant Jock. Uh, yes, yes. Whatever my title might Lieutenant be. Lieutenant Jock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Science officer, the most logical of all beings. That's right. Well, Jock. I see. Why don't you explain to us kind of what this, um, this mission that we're embarking on is? This kind of came. Um, how did that logical little brain of yours? Yeah, that's right. Um, so basically, this is the start of our ongoing mission, which will be uh, probably a monthly reoccurring series in which we're going to embark on the journey of watching every Star Trek mainline movie from this one, probably all the way through to Star Trek Beyond. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to do one a month for however long that'll take. So get ready. So today we... Yeah, and this is the first one, obviously, the motion picture. That's right. Uh, you know a movie's going to be good when it's got motion picture right in the title. <laughs> Don't you, know? you miss motion picture? Yeah. You know what you're looking at. Yeah, it's not a slideshow, though it feels like <laughs> the slow motion picture at times, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Ooh, uh, that's we'll, true. We'll get into that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to talk our histories with this movie. We're mm-hmm. going to talk a ton about this film, Star Trek, blah, 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 blah. But I did yep. want to do like the the check in again. What is your relationship to these people we are seeing in this movie? AKA the original series, the, the OGs, yes. the we're Star Kirk. Trek. We're talking Spock. We're talking Bones, Doctor Bones, Bones McCoy. Talk them, Jacob. Tell mm-hmm. me, do you what? What? So, did your dad watch this or anything? No, actually, my grandfather was a big Star Trek fan. Uh, hmm. And when we visited him, we used to, he used to have TNG on all the time because that would have been it would Wild. have been you know syndicated reruns or something. But, uh, but for yeah. grandpa, when it comes to the original series, I wasn't I'm not that knowledgeable. That's my one like blank spot when it comes to Star Trek. You hmm. know, I've seen all of TNG, all of DS9, all of Voyager, some of Enterprise. That's the one another one I need to finish. But uh, the original series, I had not really... I'd seen some episodes here and there, but I've never gone through hmm. and watched everything. But for this and for the movies, I have never seen any of the original series cast movies. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this as a 
you know, for me watching the first time for all these, so I can get my first reaction. Some of you guys maybe have mm-hmm. seen some of these before. Well, um, you, young man in theaters, did you go to like by first contact? Were you going to like a Star Trek movie or anything in theaters? Um, I've seen I've seen uh, a couple of the Picard, the TNG movies, but I don't but think I saw them in theaters. None in theaters. That mm. would have been mostly '90s. Uh, I think yeah. Nemesis was like 2002. Uh, yeah, but. I just wasn't into Star Trek at that time in my life. I right. was watching The Phantom Menace, you know. Hell uh, yeah, dog! <laughs> Star Trek's an old man's game. He's riding with well. Xander Cage riding your uh, your pod racers. Not That's worried about what right? Spock and uh, yeah. and Co are doing. Exactly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for this mission, not only did I watch this movie, I've been watching a bunch of original series episodes using PP Plus. We should say, Normies, if you want to follow along on this mission, you can watch mm-hmm. all of these you movies on PP, PP. PP Plus. Yeah, PP. Also known as Paramount <laughs> yeah. Plus. Uh, and so I've been watching TOS episodes all week wow. uh, to get a little more familiar with these characters and you know their dynamics, mm. their relationships to each other and all that. So Very cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I for t- the original series, I, I've been... Referring to watching series as playthroughs now, so just deal with it. So I've done one complete playthrough of the original series. Yeah, not a speed run. That's when you fast forward it. So I've watched every episode of the original series once, and I've seen every Star Trek movie at least once, a couple of them more like Wrath of Khan and stuff. But I've only seen this one time prior, mm. and I actually ended up watching it twice for this. I watched the regular cut and then didn't re- retain any of it and then rewatch the director's cut I have questions and that's that where we're at now amazing but I, i'm familiar enough with kirk and them but I'm, i don't love tos it's not my favorite era but i have seen every episode um and, wow and the movies that go gotcha with them. yeah uh wow. okay so I'll, I'll kind of catch myself up on uh, star trek as well because if you haven't listened in a while we've covered a bunch yes. of star trek stuff but everyone's relationship is a little different. I got into uh, Star Trek in my mid-20s as a background show. Uh, I have done at least three, between three and five playthroughs for everything in the TNG era. Uh, I have seen a couple of the movies, maybe, but like, I'm talking, Colin, you remember this is like, Oh, you're watching TNG. Let's put on this movie where uh, I can't. I can't even remember what happens. It's just like two in the morning. Oh, you need something to like just be on the TV. Here Generations. You know, oh, is that the Tom Hardy? One that's on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Relationship with TOS. I famously. Uh, I don't think you need it. I think you can just throw it in the garbage. Um, you well, know, I'm, I'm sure there's validity to all of it, but to understand the universe, I just don't think it's uh, necessary. I. I don't. Uh, mm, even watching this I, movie for the first time, I thought like, oh, you're checking in with people who haven't seen each other in about 10 years and they're refreshing you on their relationships and where they are. So even without that mm. kind of context, like uh, it didn't it didn't hurt my uh, my viewing of the movie, I guess. Joe, if I could mm. slightly uh, have a comeback to that. Basically, I would say. It's not necessarily, obviously you can enjoy TNG and the other Star Treks without having seen that, but I think for the era it was in and for how it pioneered kind of the whole genre of sci-fi and with Star Trek in general, I think it's important sort of historically, the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's not as entertaining, I would say. I agree with Joe's point. Like, I would rather start with... 
TNG. Yes. Like if I was introducing someone to it if today, it was but the it's first good time. archaeologically that obviously yeah. TNG. Yeah. Look, and I want to say, as, as someone who's done like eight playthroughs of the Twilight Zone, I'll take my morality tales mm. in ancient television from that show. Mm. I've okay. seen like clips okay. of like uh, TOS and I understand it. I just, uh, I, it wasn't something I was going to go back through. Sure. I watched I watched Enterprise again instead of watching TOS actually. So. Yeah, Enterprise. But I will say, um, um, you know, I'm a relatively newer Star Trek fan. I mean, I've always been more of a fan of TNG and stuff, but just recently in the last couple of years, and I think even when we did our first Star Trek episode back in the day, I don't even know if I was on that episode, but that was probably I'm probably a much bigger Star Trek fan now than I was because just in the last couple of years, I've become a really big fan and, and watched a bunch of it. Uh, but with original series, I have to say, I feel like uh, some of those episodes are really good for the era that it was in. Uh, I think, you know, there's some bangers there. So I was, I was impressed. I didn't think it was going to be as good. Certain episodes, certain episodes are very, it's very hit or miss for me, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And obviously the production values and stuff, things have changed a lot over time. But uh, if you've watched all the other series and you want to, you know, be a completionist, I would say definitely check out the original series on PP Plus. And the animated legacy, series. But yeah. don't, uh, don't discount the animated uh, series. Yeah. That's my I've plan after this, the yeah, animated. after I finish wow. the original series. And then we'll get the animated movie, if that ever existed. I um, wish. Yeah, famously, too, though, um, you know, Colin wasn't too huge on Star Trek at the start of this stuff either. No. And uh, so where are you at on your journey leading us into these movies? I have, this is the weird territory, Mike, where like I think I've said in those past episodes of like, I didn't really mess with Star Trek. But to counter what Jacob said, you know. You've seen I, all the you, movies. You just weren't going to Star Trek. You were saying divorced dad who's just like looking for something to do. My first James Bond movie, embarrassingly, is like Tomorrow Never Dies. Like this era, you know what I mean? Okay. Like the time mm-hmm. I'm picking up to just like, it's a genre, it's a it's a brand, it's anything we could go to. I'm hopping on for Star Trek, like the one before the Tom Hardy one, where it's like they're on a planet that reverses their aging. Like it's like a really oh, yeah. bad oh, yeah. like movie. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, you get like that movie. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Generations. That's generations. That's generations. Oh, that's generations. No, I'm talking. Uh, we're all. That's we're right. Almost He's trying to go to Nirvana dimension. That's a different thing. Yeah. Insurrection. No, it, uh, insurrection. Even past that, maybe insurrection. Probably yeah. insurrection. And I gotta yeah, say, skin just, people, right, Colin? Maybe, I, but don't remember a we'll thing about it, guys. I'm excited we'll, to get we'll to find it. out by I the just, end of this journey. But it's just what it was to a young kid who was just like seeing just that. That is your. That's all I knew about Star Trek at the time. I was like, this is madness. But my dad <laughs> loved it and did have the relationship enough of it to, if when we were young, like really young, to pull us away from homework at the age of like eight or nine years old to when the sci-fi channel was actually called sci-fi s-c-i-f-i channel correctly spelled it more or less and showed star trek like in marathons essentially what paramount's doing now Mm -hmm. with their app or whatever they would do the old episodes and uh, he he very much keyed into Come here. I need to show you this. Sit down. These are called trebles. And we'd watch the whole trouble with mm-hmm. trebles, okay? Or Space Seed, mm-hmm. which is a very important episode for the next one of these that yes. we'll do that we'll talk about. Right. I was very familiar with who Khan's Noonan Singh was by the time I had seen yeah. that movie just because my dad was a nerd and he was obsessed with – he used to – we used to tape – 
late night with Conan O'Brien to watch before school, like in the morning, and he would kind of like work yeah. out next to me while we'd watch it. And yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks was the guest on Conan one time. And the anecdote they had set up was Tom Hanks was obsessed with James T. Kirk. James T. Kirk's the best okay. character who ever existed. He says, you mean James Tiberius Kirk? He says the middle name. My dad immediately hears that. I think in my lifetime, I have heard him retell Tom Hanks telling these anecdotes about liking Star Trek like five times mm-hmm. in my life. So that's that's what it is to me. <laughs> that's and awesome. then like the Kelvin movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't mess yeah. with Star Trek outside of a little DS9 that Jacob got me into that I loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. The occasional, you know, TNG here and yes. there. I hear you got the inner light, the, you yes. know, recently, yes. which, you know, that's yes. a cool, fun thing. But you're not diving no, into doing like full a, playthroughs. I'll throw it out again. I leave my Pluto TV on on the Star Trek channel. I leave when it's a different Star Trek in the day and it's an act one because you guys know the five act structure of Star Trek. Yeah, so I yeah. get the first <laughs> act of an Enterprise. I come home to the fifth act of a TNG and it's great. Sure. <laughs> Well, it's interesting, uh, the parallel universe, you know, the Kirk is the greatest character take. I think I think this is a generational thing, right? The Kirk versus Picard. Very famous debate in sci fi history, right? Who's better? And pretty much anyone younger than 50 will probably say Picard, right? But the boomers and, you know, their parents freaking love James (laughs) Tiberius Kirk. But the thing that shocked me, Jacob, I asked my father very recently, who is your favorite character on Star Trek when you were growing up? Because you have to remember, a kid, when he was watching that original version of it, right? Like, you know, that's, right. it's, it, again, it's like us, it's like younger versions of us now watching the Marvel movies. You're just like, oh my God, this is blowing my mind, right? I said, mm-hmm. what, who was your favorite? And he said, you have to understand. Spock was like Spider-Man. He had superpowers. He was right. like different and stuff. I, I was obsessed with Spock. I said, wow. But the, the reverence, Jacob, you're right, that he has for the man that is James T. Kirk. And I think we're going to talk a lot about what that masculinity <laughs> means in this episode. Sure. Oh, man. And we are coming into this movie now. The, the show is canceled. One of the only of two Star Trek series to get canceled. The original series, right? That kicked this whole thing off. Right. That's why we're here now. Uh, it's been over a decade since there's been any Star Trek on TV. TNG hasn't happened That's yet. That's right. And this is the first thing that Star Trek fans have been able to get for a while. And coming off the heels of Star Wars. So I say, you know, let's, let's talk about this thing. Dive into it. What uh, we teased in the beginning might have almost killed the franchise. See what we thought about it. Star Trek, the motion picture. I can't say engage because that's not from this era. Let, let's get moving. Team. Teleport. Is that what <laughs> they say? Not so. <laughs> Do the thing. Engage. We're back. We're talking Star Trek. We're... We're investigating some sort of mysterious event that's that's contacting, reaching out to my fellow normies like us here for more information. But we'll we'll dive into that in a little bit and first sort of set up what is the state of Star Trek before we get the motion picture. Right. Yeah. So like Mike said, you know, the original series was on 66 to 69, three seasons. Uh, it was, you know, had a sort of cult fan base when it was on, but it wasn't super widely watched. 
And by the third season, viewership had dropped to a certain level where the, the network was like, uh, we can't. We can't make this anymore. So it got canceled. The firefly of its day. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, while it did have somewhat of a fan base when it was on, it really became a cult hit after it was canceled. It was on syndication. And that's when you know it got really popular in the 70s, right? So canceled in 69. Uh, all throughout the 70s, Roddenberry's like trying to bring it back. They have the animated series uh, with you know the fu- full voice cast. Uh, but he really wants a new show. So he's developing this idea for Star Trek Phase 2, which would have had the whole returning cast, minus Leonard Nimoy, because Nimoy and Roddenberry had a whole thing going on. They were sort of feuding on and off financial reasons and uh, for different reasons. But uh, (laughs) Nimoy almost didn't come back for this movie as well, but they were able to convince him eventually. Mm. And it turned out great for him, I think. But uh, So, you know, Star Trek Phase 2, TV show, uh, they had three new characters that, that Gene Roddenberry was developing. Uh, two of them are in this movie. Uh, Decker, Captain Decker, or Commander Decker, uh, and Ilea, right? The uh, or officer, depending on how, how demoted yes. he's gotten by the end right. of this. <laughs> and Ilea, the weird bald lady who's a Delton, uh, which is yes. a, an alien yes. race that didn't really, I don't think got really developed after this movie, no. to my knowledge. They're mentioned like in an Enterprise episode. Um, it's like in an anecdote. Like they're not really brought up in yeah, Star Trek. They're right? they maybe mentioned two or three more times. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it didn't really catch on the Deltons, but Ilea was a big character that he wanted to introduce. And then the third was a new younger Vulcan character that would replace Spock named uh, Lieutenant Zahn, who got scrapped for this movie once Nimoy decided to come back. The other two are in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but the other thing is kind of the foreshadowing to TNG because these characters were all brought back in some way in TNG. So Decker became Riker, uh, Ilea became Troy, mm-hmm. and Zahn became Data, the logical guy from TNG, right? Oh, because like it's implied that uh, Ilea has like she can heal like physical pain or whatever. She like, becomes she has a some robot power, by the so end of the movie, basically. <laughs> yes. By the end, but that's 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 a mechanism. Yeah. That's different. But the actual character has like an alien power similar to oh, Troy. Right. So, I, I can so I feel see like they they made the right? Betazoids based off what they were trying to do with Ilea and the Deltans in this movie. Yeah, yeah, which would make sense. I mean, Delta and Beta, like the, the yeah. phonetics there. I feel like he was Damn, doing on purpose bro. and with. Will Decker to Will Riker. I mean, come on, you know? So, yeah. uh, So some interesting stuff there, but basically, so this was all being developed for Star Trek phase two, a TV show. Uh, Episodes were written. I think like 13 different episodes were written with scripts and everything. Uh, Eventually Paramount decided, you know what, instead of a show, let's do a movie. Uh, And so this, basically this movie is a heavily rewritten version of the pilot script from Star Trek phase two. So there you go. So that became a movie. My heads out there. That's uh, Mulholland drive, you know, started out as a TV pilot. It was three episodes that got edited together into a very weird movie that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's it's Hmm. something Hollywood does pull off from time to time. And the other thing is that Paramount, originally had planned to make Star Trek Phase 2 their flagship show of their network that they wanted to make. Uh, and that legacy lives on with Enterprise, uh, which 
Enterprise and Voyager event, Enterprise uh, premiered on UPN, which was Paramount's new channel that they were trying to, and it was the flagship show of UPN. So kind of interesting how that mm, legacy wow, lives on in different ways. And Paramount's still like loving the Star Trek IP, obviously today with the, like there's like six shows on Paramount plus. PP. Yeah, they don't have a lot aside um, from that, you know. so they really have to go hard with the Star Trek. I mean, I would say like the legacy yeah. continued into P squared. Like you had Discovery was Discovery and Twilight Zone were the reasons that you would have to get that streamer. They were the only yes. two things that That's existed right. on that mm-hmm. streamer. And Discovery started on go to CBS All yeah. Access, which was this yes. streaming site that Ugh. nobody wanted to get. <laughs> Not uh, real. And now it's on this Paramount Plus, which is another streaming site that nobody wants to get. So let's say behind the scenes even further. Uh, Star Trek was a show that yeah. always did broadcast on CBS, one of the original three channels, of course, like basically the original networks. But it was produced by the company Desilu. We know who Desi Lu is. It's right. Seal Ball. Um, and, Desi Arnaz. Uh, they are selling it, basically, to Paramount. So this movie, this is, this is Paramount's swing at Star Trek, really. Okay? This is them sort oh, of okay, coming yeah. in. And the, the thing we need to talk about, this is 1979. What happened in 1977? A star movie makes every mm. movie studio executive lose their minds and basically right. say and scrap these plans for a TV show, like you're saying, Jacob, because the dollar sign becomes, people go to a thing with star in the title? We have the original <laughs> thing with star in the title, you fools. Right. <laughs> exactly. And which is funny because the movie that ended up being made is really nothing like Star Wars. And if they had leaned no. into the Star Wars harder, maybe it would have been... A better movie. Can you imagine? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Knowing um, but, that it was a, a pilot originally, yes. I think like peppers it so well. Because if you look at a, any Star Trek pilot, I, TOS I can't speak to, but TNG, Discover, or, uh, Voyager, Discovery even, and uh, DS9, the pilots are always like two-hour episodes that are extremely convoluted and introduce yeah. you to giant like otherworldly elements that kind of just like fade into the background of those shows after a season. Right. They're setting the game board out for you and then yeah. we'll talk about that's, them. Yeah, that's yeah. very I'm true. about the Bajoran gods being introduced and then yeah, just exactly. like exactly. the other yeah. series. And they're usually not like very well matter. received yeah. along with usually the first season yeah. of a lot of shows is not very well received. Right. TNG, uh, yeah. Just then, like this? Right. But the Desilu wow. thing is very interesting, <laughs> Colin, too, because uh, and this is a little trivia that you know, you can use in the future. Lucille Ball was a huge uh, believer in Roddenberry and his vision for Star Trek. And honestly, probably Star Trek would not exist today if it wasn't for Lucille Ball. So just a little fascinating tidbit there. Legend continues. We do love Lucy. We'll jump to the future a Mm, little bit to say... When this sale occurs, it's not like he's out of the equation. He is coming with it. I am the shepherd of Star Trek. I'm Gene Roddenberry. I created Star Trek. Of course, I'm going to be the guy in charge of this movie. That's right. Not to say anything about the quality of this film, but this is basically the last Star Trek thing that Gene Roddenberry kind of like has full control control. over. Yes. Yes. He was very in control of this movie creatively. And when it was not well received, they kind of, for Wrath of Khan, they're like, they kind of took it away from him. Yeah. Uh, Mm. 
which is interesting because you know I, I and he had a lot of ideas about TNG that uh, you know after his his retirement and death like they kind of were able to do more with the series with DS9 and stuff and probably prolong it as a franchise but uh, yeah but this is the movie we got the first one and again it has this convoluted history of being a TV show then oh Star Wars is popular maybe we'll just make a movie because hey, I saw that even the woman who played um Aaliyah is she signed like a four year yes. contract before this. Now all that's like out right. the window. Like you're Never just gonna do one Decker movie. Decker and Aaliyah were yeah. gonna, did sign like four or five year contracts and then all of a sudden yeah. it becomes a movie. And so they were a little disappointed. Which but. is which might be the perfect segue to bring us into the movie because the first scene is basically literally Kirk walking up to Decker and saying, This is my movie yes. now. <laughs> Get the fuck well, I just want to mention yeah. this movie was directed by Robert Wise, right? Hmm. So Roddenberry got oh, yes. This guy, Robert Wise, to direct this movie. Who is Robert Wise? Well, he started as an editor. He actually edited Citizen Kane in the 40s and was an editor in the 30s and 40s. Became a director. Yeah. And uh, he... It's a wise decision. (laughs) He directed uh, West Side Story and The Sound of Music in the 60s. Both films won Best Picture and Best Director Oscars. So Robert Wise is a two-time Best Director winning uh, director. And he also did the Andromeda Strain in 1971. Another one of the most boringest <laughs> sci-fi yeah. movies. So they're like, it's, who are going to yeah. get to have our... <laughs> Which is a Michael Crichton novel. Yeah. Just I want to know that for the Jurassic Park fans. A lot of the crew from book. Andromeda Strain returned for this, including Douglas Trumbull, who was the special effects guy. He's a legendary special effects guy who's worked on yeah. 2001, The Space Odyssey, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Blade Runner, uh, and this movie. Wow. So that's where like the probably the best part of this movie, yes. the visuals come from, right? I, I would say nice. yeah, those yeah, yeah. for sure, Jacob, but maybe, because you guys told me a trivia fact about this, but maybe the score is the thing that goes on to live the longest That's from also this great film. as well, yes. yes. And, James Horner, is that who we have? Oh, wait. Uh, his name is Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, who did yes. Alien, of course. Uh, a great And Jerry he went Goldsmith on to do score. a lot of different Star Trek shows, like the themes for TNG, uh, which is mm-hmm. this? The theme from this movie became the theme from TNG. They just liked it so much, you kind of it's rearrange great. it. Which yeah. I'll tell you, like having yeah, yeah. never seen this movie, sitting down on a Saturday night to watch it on Paramount Plus, firing it up, and the first thing I hear is that score. I was like, "Oh, let's go, man! I'm here for it. This is yeah. this. What a treat I'm in for." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It didn't turn out that way. Well, I want to mention it's, it is weird looking back at it, just that opening credits scene, because the fonts, you know, introduced on the opening credits would end up being reused for DS9. So when you put this thing on, it looks like TOS, but then it has DS9 fonts and then, Sounds you know, TNG, like TNG score. And so it's you see just a lot like, of the I'm building blocks. As a Star Trek man, but I'm excited. Yeah, you see yeah. a lot of the building blocks so a lot of, of this, this series stuck. of the franchise going forward. Even the first scene when they you see the film, Klingons, yeah. the new Klingons yeah. for the first time with their makeup. Amazing. Yeah. Basically TNG Klingons. And the Klingons yeah. did not look like that in the original series. Kirk's crew never Which I was, I was so like stoked that, on yeah. that too. Again, like it's like the first three minutes are the best part of the movie because like <laughs> there's still hope. Let's, yeah. let's go with those reactions. <laughs> so we talked about where this movie came from and, and how it was made, what the fuck's going on with it. Two 
my first time boys, Jacob and Joe. What the fuck did you think of this kind of notorious movie? Did you kind of know mm. about its reputation too, even going into it? And, and what were your first thoughts? I did know about its reputation as like not the most popular uh, one in the series. And I know that it was supposedly sort of slow and boring, which I can, I can confirm uh. Uh, it is those things. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very, you know, it has pacing issues. It's slow. Uh, it's confusing. It's very talky. Uh, but I would say the best mm-hmm. things about it, we already mentioned the score and the visuals. And when it's those two elements, that's when uh. I was really into it. Uh, most of the time, though, yeah, it's pretty not great. Mm. I, Joe? Please do not ask me to tell you a single thing that happens in this no. movie or the plot or the effects that it has on the world. Yeah. I was not really aware of the uh, reputation, to be honest. When I think TOS movies, I, I only think of Wrath of Khan, which I've seen sure. clips of. Again, like I'm so familiar with other elements of Star Trek that like, I, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I was pleasantly surprised to see the Klingons because I was like, oh, that's TNG or I wonder what other kind of stuff we're seeing. And I kept waiting for like something to happen. And I also know that like we bleed into generations mm-hmm. at po- at some point, which like that timeline, I'll have to see how that makes sense yeah. in my head. So like I was kind of hoping to see more and not like TNG cast members or anything, but just like iconography in general, because they set right. you up like with the Klingons. So like having known that, having known, well, having seen it already, like I was Michael pretty excited. Dorn will play a Klingon at one point, but not Worf, interestingly, mm-hmm. in one of the, the oh, TOS yeah. movies. I think it's, it's a peculiar decision that, you know, after 10 years, this is the first, you know, live action Star Trek we're getting. It's a movie. Everyone's super excited. What are we going to use for our plot? What's our story going to be? And this is what they went with. And to me, it's sort of a very mid-episode of the original series. Like, there's <laughs> episodes of the original series that are better than this movie sure. by, like, a lot, right? Well, what's the, what's the inciting incident, essentially? And that's basically the whole plot is what is thing, yes. right? Oh, why is it always a thing, Jim? You know, anyway. So we have this killer so what happens to the Klingon? space so cloud, on? right? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we have this. So these Klingons run into this killer space cloud. We don't even know what it is at this point, and it's just moving slowly towards Earth, killing yeah, anything and, and in its way. Essentially. Sorry, real quick, but Joe, yeah. you say you don't know the plot. I would argue that's because the plot is a guy getting in his car, turning the key to the car, putting that <laughs> I, car in uh, drive, sort of walking, taking he walks off. around and kicks all the tires for thirty minutes. <laughs> exactly. yeah. It's like it's it's not Checks the air so much a plot. It's like starts? experience. <laughs> It starts with such a bang. Like, it starts, yeah. you know, great music. Action with Klingons. Space. Oh, you're going to mm-hmm. meet your heroes again. Kirk walks up and is like, hey, you're out, buddy. Sorry, I'm getting the band back together. So you, like, kind of have that drama Well, even before like, that, Joe. I was into it. And then, yeah. like, I would say even before that scene yeah, yeah, with yeah. Shatner, we get introduced with Shatner. He's an admiral now, Kirk. Yes. Uh, we get a six-minute-long scene where he takes a shuttle him and Scotty oh, take a shuttle man. from the base to the ship. Buddy. <laughs> Buddy. All right, yeah. guys, uh, let me just say, this is, again, one of those moments. Is it boring? Yes. Incredibly. But, <laughs> yes. but they built an eight-foot yes. enterprise, yes. and it's really yes. just really born to show of this and model the that model they've created. And effects. Yeah. They're the and it's size 10 years of since cars. Jim's been on there yeah. or whatever. And they're just shooting mm-hmm. the shit out of them. So, so hold on, hold on. We're, we're talking first reactions. Now, Mike, you've seen this a couple times. Now... 
You yeah, are yeah. doing comparative, which is the greatest thing in the world. The director's version, not the director's cut, because he's obviously very yeah, long yeah. dead. Uh, but this ups, upgraded mm-hmm. 4K restoration, right? Is this yes. edited? Did you notice a difference in these sequences? What is your reaction to all this? So when I watched them both, it's it's only like four or five minutes longer. It's really it's not longer? that much different. No, you can't make yeah, it longer. I, I did that voluntarily. <laughs> I watched it twice, wow. guys. Oh. Um, but it's made. There were scenes that were added in for the TV edit, and then those were put back in to the final release, and then. That was in 2009, and then they did the 4K restoration recently for... Okay, so I did not know... It's only been available on DVD. I didn't know about this director's cut on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, so I just watched the normal version. So hopefully I didn't miss out on well, too I much. Well, I watched the normal one, and then I searched the motion picture, and then there was this, here's a director's you cut. Might Maybe it was added it, like the day after you yeah. watched it. it. It could have been like the first day it was out. But anyway, it's just as boring as ever. Yeah. I don't it's like right. this one a lot. It should have been shortened um, if it's the director's I, cut. They need to be fixing this movie. <laughs> no, no, make it longer. No, no they, they added to it. They need to make it it's six hours long. We need more shots of the Enterprise. Do a, do a black and white version a year after <laughs> yes. that. Now, let me pitch this, guys. It's a laser Chrome. light show. If you were on a ton of drugs and just watching yes, some of the visual sequences, and it's my just favorite thing about IMAX, it. Yeah. yes. But... There's You're giving it too much credit, man. The Fantasia was doing that. <laughs> like, well, well, here's you know. here, this brings me to my take about it, which is yeah. this movie wasn't going for Star Wars. This movie was going for 2001: A Space Odyssey, yes. right? That's was heavily influenced by that movie. Even that slow yeah. scene of the Enterprise Weird. is the you know the slow space scenes in 2001. The problem with right. that is, you know. Stanley Kubrick can do that because he's Stanley Kubrick. He's a genius. If you're not Stanley Kubrick, it's a little harder to pull off, right? You're also not signing. Yeah. You're signing up for a Star Trek movie. You know what right. I mean? Like that's like people are excited for a Star Trek movie. But I get where they're coming from right. with the so the production value of this, the effects and the models, so much better than the original series, right? I mean, leaps and bounds. Oh, well, yeah. You know, the new improved. Uh, Enterprise interiors even are just yeah. so much nicer. So they really wanted to show off everything, and that's why you had that slow build up where they pan. You know, they re- have the reveal of the whole ship, and I can see the appeal of that uh, with the score and everything. It's really beautiful, especially if you've been waiting a decade to see any Star Trek totally. content. We're meeting these characters that, where they're at in their lives. Oh, there's the old ship, but it's a new ship. Yeah, let's take it in. I totally like you. It's just boring. That brings up like a really interesting point, and I've been racking my brain about it because I don't think I cannot think mm. of a single example. This would be like you know, there's it was a TV show. And then a decade yeah. later, a decade later, we get a new piece of media with all of those main characters explaining where they are. Community. Right. <laughs> yeah, that six seasons in a movie it hasn't happened, but like maybe it, it would be like if, if Buffy ended in, you know, 99 and then in 2009, they were like, oh, here's Buffy, by the way. And like, they're in I cannot right. think of a single. Well, it's a show that you do it here. They're not I, yeah. Yeah, there's not an exact analog. Yeah. Like even Serenity isn't the same comparison because yes. the timeline is exactly. right there. And, and also it's the sh- timeline is what is what's so fascinating because TOS you have young Kirk who's going hand to hand with you know space reptiles. Yeah. Serenity is an admiral with an yeah. attitude. Like, and that's what's fascinating about this series, right? So this is the first in a six movie series where the main cast is already like middle aged by this point, like. 
you know, Bones McCoy is very old in this hey. movie. He's only going to hey, get older. Hey. He does not want to be on this yeah. mission. Hey. I dare you. <laughs> no, I love Bones Are McCoy, though. He's like my favorite TOS character. Are movies? He is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you guys have a favorite original Star Trek character? Bones I do. Is my I think it's character. Bones because I've been yes, watching, I'm, and everyone talks about yes. Kirk and Spock. No, Bones yes. is the most underrated character on the yes. show. Thank you, yeah. Jacob. Bones was funny. He's he also awkwardly laugh. racist towards Spock. Well, he calls him a green-blooded well, hobgoblin well, to his face. Right. So, <laughs> I can't really, you know, condone that. Um, but he's the sarcastic but I, but doctor this, with, but with the heart of gold. Yes, he's always looking yeah, out for people. Mike, he's got, are you a Spock guy? He's getting too old for this shit. Who's, who's your uh, favorite? Yeah, I like really? Spock. Um, yeah, yeah, just because, you know, he's... Sulu? I mean, Kirk is good, but Spock is... But come you know, on, when Bones shows get up... as much to do on the he, show. He movies, he gets Sulu does take off a shirt and fence. That's movie true. Sulu doesn't movie get Movie Sulu, when Bones showed up, though, that was like one of the only yeah. times that I was yeah. Bones shows up with interested. his 70s beard and his 70s yeah. clothes. They drafted me. Dude, insane. Tell me about, we're going to talk... Oh, I'm going to do 30 minutes on the fashion, but we will get to that at the end. Keep yeah. going. Joe, Joe, are yeah, you a yeah. Kirk man? Who is your favorite character in original? Scotty? <laughs> Scotty's fine. Yeah, he doesn't get much to do does, in yeah, this like, movie. I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm viewing it through the lens of like what I know about these characters. Yeah. I've seen them in the Kelvin mm-hmm. universe. Uh, I've seen clips and I know like their legacy. Like the legacy of Kirk inherently like has me a little drawn to him because he's yes. like, you know, he's Cisco's favorite captain. How could I not like be uh, interested in him? Yeah. You know I mean? But yeah. I hated him in the movie. I thought he was like, yeah. Can put, like the attitude is not earned at all in my opinion he doesn't seem like a good dude um, well the other thing is Bones Joe, was the only one when he showed up I was like oh okay he's funny I like this guy yeah. he's, he seems like he's in a different amazing. movie than everyone else because he hates else. being in a Star Trek movie he's the only one who's like yeah. it's stupid <laughs> to be in space <laughs> yeah. well what's what's interesting mm-hmm. about that I was on Rise. This movie had a lot of rewrites as it was being made. It was getting heavily rewritten. And a lot of the actors say, like, a lot of those rewrites came basically to make William Shatner look better. Um, This movie was very based around making Kirk like this amazing guy uh, and to the expense of every other character. And the original series, so, you know, it's an ensemble, right? TNG, every Star Trek is kind of an ensemble. But this one, Mm -hmm. original series is really about. Kirk, Spock, and Bones. And the rest of the main cast is sort of minor characters. They don't get developed a lot. They don't get like anything to do yeah. in this movie, right? It's again, this movie is very Kirk and Spock and Bones, and that's it. The only right. thing I can think about the mm-hmm. other characters in this movie is the one scene where like, you know, Kirk walks in right after he's gotten Bones and is like, hey everyone, Bones is here. And the rest of them are just like kids in a playpen who are like oh look dad's yeah. home like they're so, finally here yeah. Sulu and Uhura and yeah, Chekhov even, they just I think they'll there. get developed well, later but they really are still Not kind really. of background like featured background characters right and so we see that you know they're still serving on the new enterprise they just happen to be there but it's it's bones spock and kirk and spock's not even there in the beginning either you know what i mean and so yeah it's just weird to be like oh half of you are still enlisted and just you know (laughs) doing it up and then half of you retired or an admiral but when kirk comes on there and the guy's like want me to show you i think i could find the bridge ensign it's like he's super smug super pompous he's such an asshole the whole time the, and the that's not even like in a cool boy way. Phone. He's not like, Ugh, I'm sit a cool down, boy. Spock. No, he's literally like, hey, I'm yeah. taking your job because uh, I just want to hang out with my buddies. All right, so like, don't be a bitch about it. Like, I'll <laughs> I'll give you another pay cut. You talk back. Like, right? Holy shit! I'm. Mm-hmm. He feels like a boomer. 
And it really reflects. Deckard gets demoted twice. <laughs> Deckard gets demoted twice gets. in this movie. Once when he, he takes over, and then once when Spock shows up, he get he loses. Come on, we're bringing in all the old cast. But it really He's reflects like, Shatner's. Yeah, I, I was okay, the captain. Yeah, I yeah. guess this isn't mine anymore. I'll play tambourine in the side. <laughs> but if you look into yeah, the you know, making of this movie guy. at all, Kirk's character really reflects Shatner's influence on the set. All the other actors are like begging for more characterization in the script and they keep taking out their moments and basically giving them to Kirk and building Kirk up. So uh, that was another Roddenberry thing where he really wanted it, you know, Mm. to be Kirk focused when they took creative control away from him. I think they might've made it more of an ensemble. We'll see. So I'm going to jump way ahead, but like, I feel like Kirk's arc in the motion picture, what they were trying to accomplish is what the Kelvin timeline actually accomplished in mm. beyond, which we will get to literally mm. first and last. Oh, year. I love that Joe. Okay. Yeah. Also, and you get them younger too. Um, before you jump ahead, can I make a joke to transition ahead? Yeah. No, I mean, that was literally the great. only point I had to make is like, please do. I feel like oh, this great. is trying well, to do something to and you know, 40 years later, we actually got it. Maybe they do it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm just saying because this is a long, slow kind of setup. And I want to mention the other character that we talked about was uh, Aaliyah. Yes. Right? She mentions when she gets on the ship, she knows Deckard and she says to Kirk, what's up? I'm from Delta. I have signed my oath of celibacy. You'll find it in the <laughs> yes, paperwork. Yes. I looked yes, this up. I know this, Apparently, Mike. Deltons yes. are so attractive yes. that they will <laughs> just... What? And I, think she, and I think Kirk says something like kind of hitting on her and then she's like uh don't worry captain i've signed my oath of celibacy yeah you guys said you don't know right. anything about them i believe they are a super sexual uh subset of aliens and let's just say gene roddenberry has yeah. like what i would describe <laughs> joe biden energy which is that he's like a menacing oh. older pervert yeah. well the thing <laughs> is with roddenberry so yes. hold on you just unlocked like a like a yeah. core thought process yes. for me here mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. The Delta whatevers are the prototype for the Betazoids. The Betazoids exactly. uh, yes. get married naked, and the mother of Deanna Troy was played by the real life wife I, of yes. Gene Roddenberry. So I believe Gene was also a swinger. Majel Barrett, who's yeah, also in this movie as Dr. Chapel, yeah. formerly Nurse Chapel, of course. Uh, oh, my God. But the thing is with Roddenberry. Yeah. For his time, he was very yeah. progressive for his time in a lot of ways. But his attitudes towards sex was very much, uh, yes, please, the more the better, and the <laughs> weirder the better. Was, yes, please. <laughs> good Austin Powers reference. Yes. Um, no, but the, the thing, too, is like... It, if this was going to be a show and that's how the character was like, we're just going to have a character that everyone is just attracted to <laughs> for no fucking reason. And they just got to deal with it. It's going to be a weekly yeah. problem. She's just too hot, you know? And it's just weird that a movie that opens up kind of putting this horny note yeah. out takes 40 minutes to get itself out of dry dock. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> we'll be back right after this. I don't know what's like that. We're talking Star Trek, the motion picture. We're talking original Star Trek. We're talking all sort of Star Trek. But uh, Commander Mike, you just said one more character we had to talk about, talking about Ilya. Yeah. No, there's a huge other character we got to talk right. about. His name is V'ger. V'ger. <laughs> we get the mechanism. Yeah. 
Uh, Jacob, who's V'ger? V'ger. Are you ready to receive? <laughs> yes. Carbon Send unit us car- your data. I'm done studying here. <laughs> this room sucks. <laughs> yeah, Download. so first of all, the Ilea character mm. uh, doesn't last long as an actual character <laughs> because she's killed and turned into a probe well, for V'ger to communicate yes. through? Is that what we're yeah. led to believe? Killed? No, she's completely... Uh, I think It's a mechanism so. perfectly replicating even our tear ducts. Yeah. So... It's like but they Superman killed the four, actual Ilya in order one. to do yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, Ilya's yeah. dead. Or three. I don't know. Of course, in the end, they kind of disappear into a bunch of light and turn into a higher being or something. But yeah. Well, in true Roddenberry fashion, once we found out you couldn't have sex with her, why keep her alive? <laughs> no, she per- literally just, right. she was like, eh. well, it's good. Which also brings us to the other character, Decker, who is yes. was in a pre- previous romantic relationship with Ilea where they had he some kind of romantic on history her home planet yeah on delta yes notoriously played by a notorious mm, sex pervert yes. uh Stephen Collins the Stephen father Collins, from seven uh, heaven right? uh, a child seven predator a bad dude? he's been yeah. we won't even talk about look him look it anymore, up if you want to know the shit bad guy yeah look it up but important Thanks. to what Jacob just said, he is the first parent to star in one of these Star Trek movies. He will not be the last. We will be seeing the mom four movies from oh, now. From so get ready. Seven, yeah. seven. Hey, yes. can, I, can I take a pause here to tell you yes. something I didn't yes. know? There are six TLS movies. There are movies. six? Yes, Joe. Oh, are you man, excited? That really bums me out. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's go back. Let's go back and, and say this. And three of them are directed by <laughs> Shatner or Nimoy. Oh, oh, yeah, well, yes. So well, the good I, ones are directed by Nimoy. When, yes. this, when the credits on this movie rolled, uh, it tried to get me to watch uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Not and I was like, the why the fuck are you not trying to get me to watch Khan right oh, it now? Did that which for is me like too. the actual sequel. I don't, I don't understand why you're jumping to the last of the TOS movies. Whatever. No, you guys just blew my mind. There's three more. Does that include generations? Yeah. No, it does no, not. That's the seven. seven. That's, that's the seven. seven. Joe, so, we didn't even Joe, that. Joe, let me say, let me say Star Trek uh, movies, Joe. That's the thing are, that they are. So I have, I have a weird yeah, nostalgia for these. <laughs> I like these six movies. I watch five of them a lot. A lot of the times, I skip this one to start things out, and I mm. think I hear from fans that a lot a of lot people of people do that. Unfortunately. Yeah, but and I, I think it's, the it's Wrath a of Khan cute in a way. Yeah, yeah. No, this is the movie that almost killed the franchise, and then yes. Wrath of Khan <laughs> saved the franchise. Yes. So, so what is it about it this is what movie it is. that almost killed it? The boringishness. Because essentially, what it's we, a boring, it's so boring. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a and boring no TV plot episode uh, that they turn into there a two no hour toys. movie. It feels like a mediocre episode, right? Yeah, it's not even yeah. that <laughs> arresting it, that they threw. Everyone acts so strange to me. Like even like I know I haven't watched TOS, but like I know the relationships people have. I've seen I've seen clips of Khan. I know how reactions are going to be to certain things that happen. Why is everything? so cold in this movie. Can I take a swing so... at uh, take a swing at what this movie's trying to do, perhaps? Um, so yeah, what, what please, we get please. is V'ger, right, is this um, satellite mechanism. It's like a, a, a technological entity, and it's searching for the creator, you know, and then we later find out, oh, it's a Voyager <gasps> probe that got dun, dun, a te- dun. A, a, assimilated, basically, the, with technological beings. Home. Yeah, and it's <laughs> Trying to get back home, or it whatever. basically went to the Transformers planet. Yeah, yeah, and then they yes. they made it super smart or whatever. And then they sent it back and then to it's, us because its programming is to <laughs> return the data. Cybertron's name, or so, <laughs> Cybertron. Yes. I guess simply put, right? V'ger is like 
trying to find home, right? And then like Kirk, it's like, ah, oh, I'm yes. not at home behind the desk. I want to be on the ship. And then where are my guys? So it's like, how do so everyone's kind of not where they're supposed to be. And it is the message mm. about getting home, you know, and it's that for getting the band back together, even, you know, cause Spock was on his home planet doing something else, but he's like, know what? I can't purge all emotion cause my dudes need me, you know? And is right. that, you know, I need you bones deeply, you know? And it's like, is that kind of the thing? That makes sense. It's boring, yeah, but it's not the theme. It's again, I'll go back to what I said <laughs> a few minutes ago. That's the, that's the point of star Trek beyond. Like, yeah. right. They just, it's just way more interesting. Cause Kirk's not like, a cold asshole. He's just like going through his exit. It's essentially about ex- existentialism is what we're talking about here is the, the, the wandering life, right? Mm, the, the life right. unexplored. But uh, I feel like beyond just you're, you're right, Mike, you're right. A thousand percent. I just feel like it's so much well executed. Yeah. That idea literally at the other side of this. There's journey. a lot more motorcycle in that one too, which it's, I like. So I think, yeah, I think a big problem with the movie is the pacing. Big right? If you, Tighten up the pacing, and so people complain about the lack of action. Uh, it's it's basically a movie of people reacting to things on screens and, and then cutting to, to each models other, and matte paintings. Yeah, yeah. But the things yeah. with people is bad. There's the big set piece at the end when they go see Viger and discover what Viger's true identity. But other than that, it's a lot of them just on the bridge reacting to things. Which Khan is like that uh, too, but the script is better. But successfully the other thing done. is, there's not a. True villain. The villain is Viger, but it's it's not a strong villain for the movie, no. which Khan would obviously provide. So it's like it didn't have a strong hook. It doesn't have a strong villain. To me, the best part is the trippy visuals, like the sequence when Spock takes the uh, spacesuit and goes inside in, inside Viger. the orifice, inside the orifice, right. <laughs> uh, and that was a really dope scene of just some trippy light show stuff. And I was into that, but otherwise. The plot of this movie is just not very interesting. It doesn't sustain a two-hour right, movie. Right, right. It's interesting, too, because this is like... When I think of Star Trek movies, the complaint I usually have is when I'm thinking of the ones I've seen, which is like part of the TNG era, right? It doesn't feel like Star Trek because everyone's fucking rolling around and shooting right. phasers nonstop. And mm-hmm. The TNG movies shirt are... off for no fucking reason. Yeah, like, it's a very different tone than yeah. the TNG show. Yeah, yeah, yeah way different. And I feel like my complaint is like the opposite in this, where it's like, well, it's a movie. You couldn't give me like a little something. Juice Instead, it, it just feels like... And that's the like, balancing act, right? Where it's like, uh, and they would figure that out with later movies, hopefully. But this one is very much like, a, it's almost like a TV movie. Like this was obviously originally supposed damn, to be a TV. It's a pilot. Show. It feels with like a $10 pilot, million dollar yeah. effects budget, that's it. it yeah. Seventy-seven, yeah. $10 million. Keep that in mind, people. And they were showing off the effects, which for the time looked awesome. Uh, obviously, the space action doesn't look as good as, you know, Star Wars, but... I see, like, they're this working, because I had to watch it twice, okay? And, like, like mm-hmm. nothing happens, but, like, shit does happen. Like, Kirk's yeah. like, we got to get the fuck out of here. I don't care if it's not ready yet. And as a result of that, two people die in a transporter because it's not ready. Right. They fucking That's almost the first blow thing the ship happens. up I forgot about that. with that trippy light show. <laughs> like, shit is going wrong, and he's just never held accountable yeah. for it. There's one scene where Decker's like, you didn't yeah. know what you were fucking doing, and we're in danger. But, like, that should have been the thing. Like, you rushed That's this, Kirk. Job. You got all cocksure. And it you makes got two him- people killed. We almost blew up the whole ship. But that was never played up. It was just like... We're just cool and calm. Next thing's happening. Like there, there's no 
drama. It's fucking boring. Yeah, it literally makes him more of an like seem like more of an asshole yeah. because he just shows up, takes command from gets Decker. Two people killed, like, and then nobody's so killed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know like, the ship. I like the the macho cheesem like yeah. like that. Like I like that about. I, I like the strut, if you will. Right. Um, Back it up. But this is not that. This is just like. Ooh, I don't know if you're out of practice, but this is like we're meeting this character ten years later, and it seems like he's seen some shit since we last saw him. But then we find out that no, he hasn't. He's just been like sitting at a desk for five years. Well, again, now. it's a weird starting point for a six movie series to have the first one be he's like a middle aged admiral who wants to go back to being a, the captain of a spaceship, right? Uh, when Picard he's been in a desk two? job for so long, longing. Looking at you. Yeah, it's literally like Could you imagine season two. In, yeah. in 1979 for having copy. like the problems are that, oh, I wish I could go back to when I wasn't in this high powerful position. Yeah. Like what fucking job. boomer energy this whole movie. <laughs> man, is. I wish I could go back to oh, digging ditches. That was the life, man. I don't like uh, sitting behind this desk I mean, getting paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this I'll is tell the you right boomer now, cast. Like, I don't want to like, you know, you can't yeah. compare this movie to any other movie, but the special effects, like they're fine. They're fine. Richard Donner's Superman came out in 78. Yeah, it's better. It's a lot better mm. and a lot more revolutionary. And Star Wars, well, right. Star Wars came out in 77 and, and it's 2001 better. is better. And, and 2001 I mean, like, came out in 69 and still this is a poor the man's effect, 2001. The effects in Star Trek, uh, the motion picture, like they're not that bad. No, but, no. Like, you know, it's, it's the plot and everything, but I don't know. Like there's just something about it. Like it just doesn't, uh, it was a disappointing story. There is something, <laughs> there's something telling that the greatest praise we had was the special effects. And even those, while good yes. and technically impressive, are not first in class, let's say. No. They're good. No. They're no. not first and in again, class. Yeah. Douglas Trumbull, who did the effects on this movie, made movies with better effects, like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, they had ILM did Blade people Runner too five on years this. later. Like some old ILM people yeah. who transferred over and shit. So you can see the start of something here, and it certainly is a huge upgrade from the show. You know, a yeah. lot a lot of technology improved from 69 to 79, uh, right? That, yeah, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. I'll throw it one last compliment. The, the one last thing I said I wanted to highlight, which is the cost. The karate dress? Now, the, <laughs> there is a lot of flowing white garments, Mike, mm-hmm. but the variety of different outfits a lot of khaki that we get in this film versus the cotton pullovers of the original series right the much more brightly Um, colored gold different colored shirts yellow and red 60s were completely blown out this is n70s baby we're kind of gonna end up having a white t-shirt v-neck that shows off our chest more Mm -hmm. than anything incredible fantastic but the the way star trek will go literally because of the next movie, which again, I hate to keep saying we'll talk about it, yeah. but again, it's uh, our next one is literally we're talking about quote unquote the biggest the Star only Trek one you've heard of, of listeners but the, exactly. But the fact that they they take the bend of this is naval, think of this as a submarine, and all the outfits right. become these militaristic fashions that will then go on for the shows to then reflect what the second movie introduces. Mm. These these are the only two properties that are free of that, the original and this first motion picture. Mm. And I like the 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 versatility. I mean, they Spock has a dark cloak when he's doing like a ritual yes. on his planet. In the Colin, first your, your compliment yeah. for it is that it's casual day. That's it's, like, it's, it's that's like I actually want to say about the costumes. I don't know. Yeah, I 
don't like them as much because the redesign from the original series uniforms, what I liked about them is the color codedness. And this is what TNG would kind of perfect with their color coded uniforms. They take the the red shirts and the yellow shirts. It becomes more of an insignia on their white or gray shirts. But to me, it's all too bland because it's just white and gray everywhere. No color. It's literally your rank. It is military. Yeah. I mean, they do it. But I think TNG would kind of perfect the idea of the different departments having different color shirts, like yellow for engineering, red for security or whatever. Yellow for security. Uh, While also having more detail. And yellow Yellow for for security. Reverse it. Yeah. Science, uh, <laughs> yellow for science. Yellow for leadership. Yellow for security. Yeah, yellow for, for science. Yellow for tech. <laughs> it does change. Yeah, it changes once yeah, yeah. a while. In the original right. series, it's blue for science, you know, and yeah. stuff. So yellow for command. Right. So, um, but my point is, it doesn't that, look like the original uh, show because that color is no. absent, right? Even if you mute and it, and they wanted to kind of redesign it, but it, I just feel like the the white and the gray, it's too much. And then even the interiors of the Enterprise are very bland in color and stuff. Uh, it looks padded. <laughs> yeah. And again, I hate to be a TNG. You know, I think we all favor TNG here, but it's just you know the the design is just better. <laughs> and if I try to, I mean, meet, I favor like no. well well written sci fi. In, yeah. in any capacity, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like I've been on a huge yeah. sci-fi kick. This series couldn't have come at a better time. It just, uh, like Mike said, starts in starts in dry dock. Yeah, forty minutes. Yeah, and again, uh, the reception of this movie not very uh, good. Yeah, uh, people said kind of a slow start to the the Star Trek movie universe. So, Almost with the next one, it. Roddenberry was taken away from control a bit. Uh, some other creatives came in and sort of totally saved the franchise. Well, before we get into maybe final thoughts here in a little bit, I want to mention, you know, I'm trying to approach this movie on its own terms of like, how how would you look at it? Because I've seen all of TOS as a TOS movie. And like, because like Jacob said, even do the costuming, it doesn't feel right, even though we're, you know, 10 years in the future. Like, the co- I wanted the colored costumes. It's a very brown <laughs> Star Trek, right? Which is... Yeah, not not as fun, I guess. And this movie just isn't fun. I guess that's a problem too. And the original series, it's it's a little bit of camp, you know. There's morality tale, obviously, but this is just it's a little too somber. Like it's just kind of bummed out. Yes, and there's no like yes levity. Not, you don't feel good no. at any time. Except there's no for the system first three is soft and comfortable, Mike. It, the clothes reflect that. <laughs> but I have heard it described as like the perfect Sunday afternoon. Star Trek, like you ain't got sure. shit to do, and it's on TV. Like, yeah, I'll get my blanket and feature, feature yeah, it. Put out. it on in Again, the background. If I had a seventy-inch TV, can you imagine <laughs> yeah. putting on some of those going through the to meet V'ger sequences with the, the torpedoes? Yeah. You know, yeah. Again, I think uh, the- Richard Donner's Superman, I think, is like a crazier experience. Yeah. Fantasia is a crazier experience. Like. Twister. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, sure. I think I was the, trying to like uh, keep it old. Like I'm trying to keep it like. Yeah. You know, I'm you not saying, trying to be like yeah. the effects were bad. Like yeah. you know, like I. Lots of my favorite things are pre seventy nine. So yeah, right. right. Again, right. I think that the the design was very much of its era, where the sixties was very much a uh, a naval ship kind of attitude. This feels like more like the seventies modernism, which is very minimal, a lot very of brown. muted colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys are also again, giving away too much credit. Star 
Star Wars had come out and it was mostly on a desert planet where people were wearing brown robes. Like, doesn't it feel like Bones just put a joint out as he walked onto camera to say these lines? <laughs> like, yeah. Doesn't that kind of have like the vibe the movie's going for? Yeah, yeah and again, I think it's uh, it's a poor man's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes. Yeah, uh, at the end of the day, yeah. It really is. Just, I, I mean... Let's let's find out what we think about it, right? Is that a good time? Final thoughts? Let's do that. We'll catch you on the other side. We'll Great hit you idea. with it. V'ger, someone's got to merge, and it's not going to be me. V'ger. That seems weird. Kirk unit, ah! give us the information. Well, I'm ready, V'ger. Zap Brannigan, right? Yes, he was obviously that is, Kirk. So parody. let's jump in right now. We're talking uh, Star yep. Trek The Motion Picture. I had just brought up Normies. If you haven't seen it, there's a Futurama parody called Vadger of V'ger, the, the lead character from this film. And Jacob just so rightly said, Zap Brannigan, as performed by Billy West, is a James T. Kirk impression. I mean, mm, down yeah. to the sexual swagger, right? The, Even yes, the, the persistence of the way characters of talking, which there. is very unique, yeah. right? Yes. The admiral uniform matches what we see at least by film. generations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we get those red... The dress. <laughs> oh, no. that's... Yeah, that's another good one. But yeah, it's like the dress one. Um, yeah. But for sure, yeah, it's a you know, reference to Kirk. And Kirk, he always gets like the womanizer thing, but like really, he doesn't... He does it doesn't in do the original series, but it's not like series. all he's about. He is like... Mm. He outlogics a computer to kill itself because he's outlogics it. Like he makes a computer. Yeah, kill I think itself he's a little he's underrated, smart, you know, as a captain. Like people think, oh, he's just the womanizing like bravado Punch guy. First, but he's kiss, you know, he has yeah, a little. But he's more. a pretty competent captain in the show, right? He's he's yeah. he's pretty good at his job. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's underrated at all. Like you said, if you ask anyone <laughs> over the age of fifty, it is one of their favorite pop culture characters of all right, time. The guy. And in universe. Everyone's obsessed with him. Well, because if we look at the way Kirk's portrayed, if we look down the line in the Kelvin universe, like it's doubling down on his, you know, his his arrogance and his womanizing. But like in the original show, he can be very pensive and philosophical. And, you know, what is, you know, he he does have a little more gravitas than I think he gets credit for from the casual kind of normie called. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a confident man with a little bit of swag and people love to put them in a box. I would know. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah totally. It's interesting you say that, though. If if Griffin Newman, podcaster, has pointed this out before, if you watch the Chris Pine SNL episode where they do a Star Trek episode, basically like mm-hmm. a parody, you see him do – like he is Kirk in that. And it's the mm-hmm. understanding is he could have just been doing that impression the whole time. It, it right. feels to me like there's there's some distance there. But I yeah. – you know, let's even talk outside of it. You know, I, I just said John Wayne. I want to say Elvis. I mean there are these just like swagger – From this era. White guys. Yeah, like you, you don't want to yeah. say that part of it. But like this archetype that kind of has hit the road that um, – I guess I would say James T. Kirk is my favorite of. This isn't my favorite movie of his. And Jacob, are we going to rank these out of six, or are we going to do all 13 the, at the end? Mm, 
Uh, that's a good question. I mean, probably when we get feel through these, we can rank them separately. Yeah, we can do the first six, I, and then when we get to the end, we can rank them all or something like I, that. I know that this isn't my least favorite original series one. It's a, it's one of the later ones that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, maybe directed by this maniac we're talking about <laughs> yeah, right. right now. But Great. it's Great. it's I. Just if we did put it out of all the things, this one is going to have a soft spot where I think I would put it a little higher because it just, like Mike said, this could be a Sunday hangout movie. I agree with you, Joe, that there there's 20 other ones I might put on first, but like now I do feel bad starting those runs where I didn't do this one first because it's quaint enough where I just want to see. Nichelle Nichols hairdo throughout all six of these movies, mm-hmm. you know, like just, just anything I can grab onto. I don't yeah. know. Mm. I the mean, James T. Kirk archetype was perfected with Indiana Jones and it hasn't been better. And it won't be there we go. I like that. And it also hasn't evolved. And I think this is the real problem with that archetype. It hasn't evolved since Futurama was making fun of that character. Uh, that's, Basically, what has continued for the last twenty years. Is, Chris Pratt is that right. classic. The over we, yes, we have himbos you know? now, which is this yes. new term, mm. the he bimbos that people put out yeah. there. Where it's like I agree with you, Joe, but that's a little different. What Chris Pratt Mike is doing in Guardians is a little again because it's oh, kind of more Jurassic akin to the World. Kurt Russell Jurassic World. But no, not but, I just, but I say, but I say any Chris Pratt role. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the the swagger right. that he's doing in that is a little different than the macho. It's like but a, I also like think Channing an underrated. The it's like he's yeah, putting on a facade, but Kirk is like yes. I'm the man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An yes. underrated yeah. part of Kirk, though, is that these are all kind of younger comparisons. Whereas by this point, he's like a middle aged man, <laughs> and with each movie, he gets sort of more and more of a gut, and it's just is very. It, yeah. He's a representative of the boomer Jacob? generation. We need less yeah. looser and looser shirts. Where he's, he's very macho in the original series and very svelte at that point, but then you know, yeah. ten years go by, you know, he, he likes a good you know, changes the toupee. We should say yeah. in the movies with the toupee, he decides to go curly for all these films when he mm. was straight yeah. in the original <laughs> series. I don't understand that choice at all. Just use the same toupee. Gives him a distinguished right. look, at perhaps, but yeah, I don't know. So well, well, we luckily we got six more of these counting generations with Kirk and and friends. So hopefully no one dies. It would be really sad if any of these main cast members died. <laughs> that would um, probably never happen. Probably never happen though. Certainly, um, if they do, they won't be brought back. Definitely not. That doesn't happen certainly in Star not. Trek. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. This is such. It's not the worst one because I've seen them all, but it is boring. But the score is enough. Like if literally put it on in the background because the plot who gives a shit you know Viger wants to get back all right good job right but uh, just yeah. the score really and the visuals are enough to leave <laughs> you can, you can watch it just don't pay attention Again, I, to it it's a record I agree with you guys yeah it's like, a record if you want to put it on and, and really focus on it the whole time it's not very good but if you put it on the background you got the score and the visuals you look up. You know, Spock's going through an acid trip inside of a giant living machine. Yeah. That part's fun, you know. That's cool. So I can totally see that. And you got this society that predates the Borg. Like, what about a machine society? And, you know, it's like, okay, we'll get there. Seeds are being planted at least. It bums me out so much that the uh, the people who have seen all of these are like, well, it's not the worst one. No, it's not, Joe. I was kind of hoping this would be the worst one. Well, it's still got going faster than a couple of the Transformers movies did to get to the main plot, so we're still in good shape as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But uh, I guess we have twice as many. Um, Right. 
Yeah. Oh, this will be fun for everyone. I'm, I'm glad that Joe's yeah, super into this. <laughs> well, at least it's be every week. You get a breather, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the next one, I mean, super stoked on the yeah, next oh, here's one. Here's a little video for our, our homework yeah. for our listeners and even us. You know, yeah. watch um, Space Seed. Watch the Space episode. Seed. Yeah, watch the original Star Wars Con. And then you'll be you'll have the backstory for the, the next movie. So if you're listening to this, you want to catch up within the next month, watch Space Seed and Wrath of Khan. Uh, that'd be the way to do it because that's the TOS episode uh, related to it directly. So that's a good note. Um, I'm excited. Dumb anecdote, and it's from when Scotty is talking to Kirk, and he's like, "It's going to take me at least six months to get this put together," you know. And then he's like, "I really need it now." And he's like, "All right, it'll be ready in an hour," you know. <laughs> and it reminds me of when he visits the Enterprise in TNG, and he's like. You know, sometimes you just got to tell them it's going to take twice as long. And then when they tell you to hurry up, you get it done yeah. quick. What? He's telling Jordy how that's he would classic, always uh, lie so to Kirk. Funny. And I'm like, he yeah. could be fucking lying right now because he knows how to. Like, Kirk's going to give me a hard time. Every hour he's going to be like, where are we at, Scotty? So I just tell him four times the real amount of time and then <laughs> bring it down. And anyone who's done like freelancing oh in real life or anything, like that's a great tip. Under of, like, promise, over deliver. <laughs> exactly, Yo, exactly. Add your hours. Who would have thought? Thanks, Scotty. Yeah. This will take two weeks. Hey. You turn it around in a week. Like, wow, you really busted ass. Then they're like, really oh. impressed. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah. Add your, time, so. add your hours and enjoy a good scotch every once in a while. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know who didn't go on a life threatening mission? Scotty. That's yeah. Right. So be like Scotty. And he lived to be like. <laughs> Like 150 because he appears in TNG like 100 years later. Yeah. 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 Like I'm super excited to see how some of this stuff ties in, my man. I guess I'm shocked that there's. I guess I, I could have Googled that yeah. would have been something before you do a podcast. I it guess, can't be that many. I, it, there, there's six. I thought the search for Spock I was. I thought it was the search Halfway. for Spock, oh, no. Generations, oh, no. <laughs> and then you go buddy. into the. Uh, we got. Can I say the next three ten of them years. are a trilogy? <laughs> where you're yes. like, oh, these three movies this- are all tied together. <laughs> They're like, yep, we wrapped up that one. Let's start a. Let's start two more. And you're like, Joe, what? there's there's six original series movies. There's four <laughs> TNG movies, including Generations, which has. Yes. Both Kirk and Picard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then there's three Kelvin timeline movies, and yep. soon to be a fourth, December 2023, Marky Calendars, Star Trek ready, Four. Folks. So the fourth one. Normies, we're glad yeah. you're coming on this journey with us, our continuing yeah. mission. Uh, and I'm looking forward yeah. to next month and all the months yeah. so, after normies, that. Normies, we're changing it up a little bit. We're going to do these long forms like we always do. We're going to do like a Star Trek through line where we're going to keep kind of doing these the same time each month. Then other times we're going to do some long ones about like the whatever's new Current that events. month. And then, yeah. you know, some yeah. other just weird stuff we're trying out. So so get ready for some some switch up on the feed, y'all. Yeah, we'll, be yeah, we'll, right we'll keep you swimming in content as always. Yeah. but. If you're missing us, you can always go back and check out our awesome backlog. Check out yep. our video episodes on YouTube. There's plenty of fun Normies content. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of Star That's Trek right. episodes. Star Wars, if you prefer that, I guess. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you fools. Wars versus go, Trek. Go dig like, it all subscribe, up. all that good stuff. It helps us out at Normies underscore like underscore us on all social media. Um, and we've been your hosts. This is Captain Colin. Oh, my. I'm Mikaru Sulu. <laughs> I'm Rolasta. <laughs> and this is Lieutenant Jock. Jock. That's yeah. Jacob mixed with Spock. Jock. Jock. Oh so it's like a Everybody really best to guy. It's a Tuvix, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 And stop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Justice for Tuvix. Yo, they murdered Tuvix. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.